Fair enough. Hey, Scott, yeah. you want to hear? Tell me what this sound is to you. That's my stomach last night. <laughs> I was going to say the opposite. I was going to say the sound of health. It is the sound of health, but that is also what my stomach sounded like last night. It's and the my sound- entire intestinal tract, quite frankly, sounded like that. Okay, sound of health if it's in a shaker. Right. Sound of sickness if it's inside your body. Right. No. But hey, look, well, you and I love the AG1. I've been on the program with you for, gosh, it feels like two or three years now. I don't even know how long it's been, but I'm a big fan. And, and, and like you said, you know, like I feel like a good part of my day has been checked off, you know, on my list of things to do. Like AG1 is at the top because it's my morning part of my morning routine. Yeah, they recommend doing it on an empty stomach, which is why I'm doing it now. It's 7 a.m. here. Um, There's so much like a trend in the last five years, certainly in the podcast world, but elsewhere as well, is life hacking. You know, like little tiny things that you can do that make make everything else fall into place. And I feel like AG1 is kind of a life hack. It's don't have to think about your diet throughout the day. You do it in the morning. You don't even have to think about buying it. You set it on athleticgreens.com slash surf. It shows up every month. You don't have to resupply. And all you got to do is add one scoop of powder to eight ounces of water in the morning and boom, health and wellness checked off. Yeah. AG1, I think it's athleticgreens.com slash surf is our um, URL you're going to want to use to get a discount and go do it now uh, for your health, for the benefit and health of your family as well. Absolutely. Athleticgreens.com slash surf. Speaking of life hacks, real water sports, damn it. That's a hack. You want to get super top notch, all the best brands, all the best equipment. Real water sports is your one-stop internet destination. Realwatersports.com. It's a surf hack. Everything you need. Uh, Obviously, surfboards is what we talk about. But I mentioned last week they're doing their midwinter clearance sale and uh, board bags, uh, backpacks, traction, wax. What else? Leashes, fins. everything you need. Fins, everything you need. Yeah. Realwatersports.com. Our friend Trip Foreman and his crew there, they're going to take care of you. Incredible customer service. Super great shipping. It's, you know, door-to-door shipping of all your needs. And it's they've got an intense shipping department. So uh, you're going to get your stuff on time and in great shape. Yeah. Realwatersports.com. As we see some movement at the takeoff zone, it's Kelly Slater grabbing rail. A clean entry. This thing holding open. It spits. Uh, when it spit me, I thought it was going to spit me off my board. Comes out with the spit. Spits him out. Comes out after the spit. Gets spat out of another good-looking wave here. Spit, spit, spit. We're just spitballing, right? Yeah, I got Yeah, guy. Yeah, freaking guy, David. Wow. We had uh, quite a week of surf news. There was a lot going on, a lot to digest, so to speak, in keeping with the, um, the um, gastrointestinal uh, theme of today's show. Um, um, but you mentioned life hacks earlier. What other, li- I was wondering, what other life hack do you like? It's funny, life hacks to me, I think, okay, what do you do in the morning? You know, that seems like the life hack. But maybe there's a life hack. Well, maybe there's one in the morning. Maybe there's one later in the day. What's another life hack that you might suggest? 
Besides um, turning, turning off your phone during a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> did you hear that? Or was that, did you have yours go off too? No, I heard, I heard it. Sorry. Um, I don't care. It is. Well, it's not off, but the vibration, it was just the vibration you got. Anyways, um, I'm not too, I mean, I, I listen to all that stuff and I'm up to date on it, but I honestly, I don't implement a lot of the trendy stuff that everybody recommends in term. So ice, ice baths is one that people talk about. Oh yeah. That's um, kind of the new, the new hot thing. Totally. No, pun and I've, in, oh, that would be like a reverse pun. What? Oh yeah. The new reverse hot pun. thing. Ice right. Baths. Um, I've tried it. I've never actually done the full ice thing, but I've done the cold shower thing. And, um, I get it. It makes a lot of sense. I just, I don't really feel like my life needs to be hacked that hard. You know, like there's people going to some extreme, like extreme diet, extreme workout. Yeah. And I'm kind of good at going 90%, just like a generally healthy diet. I get a moderate amount of exercise and then I'm allowed to indulge as well. And that keeps me happy. Whereas I feel like if I did the really rigorous dedication to something i wouldn't be that happy yeah ice baths i'm way too soft for an ice bath that sounds (laughs) super extreme you know what i mean and what's interesting about like a lot of this stuff it's it's like look ag1 we're just trying to get some nutrition in our system that we normally wouldn't get ice baths is like you know i'm not climbing kilimanjaro and three months and training or anything. Right. You know I mean, I'm getting in my little car and I'm driving down to the beach, you know, to sort of three foot dribble. And it's never <laughs> colder. Th- it's never colder than 60 degrees where you're driving. The water is yeah. never colder than 55. Like it's not that hard. Yeah, I don't want to be that uncomfortable. I, now I'm down with the jacuzzi. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm okay with that. Um, and even when like the AG one example, there's no, there's no hard part about it. It's easy. Actually. The only reason we do it is because it's easy. And in fact, that's kind of the point is you and I are soft living in Southern California. uh, Number one, it allows you to be soft. I was going to say it makes you soft, but it just allows you to be soft. Every convenience is at arm's length and there's no reason to kind of put your body and your self, your mental state through that. You bring up an interesting thing because the way that society has changed right is that everything's at our fingertips so what a lot of people are doing is trying to make it hard again yeah i which agree which is the I- exactly. irony it's like oh you know what instead of drinking water out of the tap let's take metal pails and walk two miles and collect water from the lagoon bring it here filter it filter out the deer crap and we'll have nature's water you know it's like okay wait a minute hold the f on Wait, do people do that? No, but that's okay. Streaming. I mean, maybe it wouldn't surprise me if that's the new thing. Maybe we just invented the new thing. Who knows? But I think to that kind of to your point, why is everybody getting into bow hunting right now? Why is everybody into jujitsu and punching people in the face? And I think it is exactly what you're talking about. It's they make a product for my for our dogs called Kong, and the Kong you fill with peanut butter. So the dog sits on the sofa all day, but it has in it the vestige of its mind, it has the hunter gatherer instinct. And so putting peanut butter in this silicone toy allows it to act out the hunter gatherer. And that's what those dudes are doing. You know, what's sad is that my wife got me a Kong and she <laughs> fills it with Lorna Dunes 
and little chocolate caramels. And I just sit on the couch and watch. (laughs) (laughs) It's a Rubik's cube that you have to unlock to get to the Lorna Dune. She's like, God, Scott's annoying the crap out of me. Scott, here you go. Jingles the keys, gets your attention. And then you die for it. My tail's a wagon. Hey, speaking of so funny, like kind of trendy things like Kongs for humans. Um, have you done Wordle? No. Oh my God. I got involved in Wordle. We'll just leave it right there. We'll just leave it. Oh, you don't know what it is? No. It's an app. It's kind of like the new game app for, for words. You try to figure out either, you know, five letter or six letter or seven letter words. People who know, know. it's kind of like the trendy new thing. Like, you know, people on Twitter are like, check out my Wordle, you know, I've got, I I do words, wordscapes, wordscapes. Do you do that one? No. Okay. I don't know if it's similar or not. Um, Okay. So a couple simple life hacks though. These are tried and true, not trendy. Yeah. Reading a book. Yes. I feel like that's a life hack. Unfortunately it is. You would think that would be a normal thing, part of your daily routine, but I love that one. That is, could be considered a life hack. You know what? Maybe the life hack part of it is don't be on your phone before you go to bed. Read a book before you go to bed. I think there's, Okay, now I'm kind of having an epiphany. The life hack trend is designed to shortcut things that were just part of our lives up until this technology revolution. Yeah. So little things like having quiet time, um, you know, eating non-processed food, maybe. Yeah, not being on your phone. That sort of stuff was just a part of our life. Right. Now we're taking shortcuts. They're like, here, put on this thing. It's an adult diaper. Yeah. You won't even have to use the restroom. You can just go through your day. That's your employer is trying to, it's trying to mandate that. They're like, God, bathroom breaks are cutting into our time cards. Yeah. Let's implement diapers. You know what my life hack is? Um, and I hate to sound kind of, I, all of a sudden I'm catching myself sounding kind of uh, a little braggadocio maybe, but I guess I want to tell people this. I would suggest prayer and I'll just leave it right there. Pray to okay. anyone you want. I don't care if you pray to whoever pray to yourself, but uh, prayer is a good one. And it's one that I implement every day at the risk of sounding surfy surfing is kind of a life. hack. I mean, it very much is a life hack. Yeah, I surfing. totally agree with that. And it falls into the, the prayer part. There's a, it's a good time to do a prayer is when you're out sitting out there. That even a 45 minute session is a resetting for all of kind of what your values are in life, as far as I'm concerned. And obviously there's the exercise benefit getting in the cold water is kind of like the ice bath benefit. Um, Yeah. It really, it really is in your diaper is like peeing in your (laughs) wetsuit, like surfing covers all of these things. It really does, man. We solved it. Yeah crazy it all comes back to surfing maybe we should remember occasionally we get emails that are people like don't talk about your personal crap we don't give a shit please just yeah. talk surf or tell us when so we can fast forward yeah so we're probably about five minutes in and you should fast forward those people are um, wrong uh but surfing it's funny it does solve everything i mean if you think about the role that it's played throughout your life it is therapy it is it just puts everything into perspective. Like when you start getting caught up, maybe on keeping up with the Joneses, you go surfing and it kind of resets like, oh man, I don't need any of that. I don't want to do any of that. How do I just spend more time doing this? Yeah. yeah. 
yeah. makes you a better father, makes you a better husband, makes you everything. Yeah. Look at us solving everyone's problems. Uh, by the way, donate now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the big event, the big news since you and I last spoke was Sunset Beach. Um, so our schedule has been a little bit mixed up. What we've been trying to do is keep things current. So we recorded last week right at the end of uh, the beginning of the sunset event. And then they ran the remainder of it over, I think, the weekend, maybe Friday. And so now it's Monday. You and I are first day back to work here to cover all the sunset news. Yeah. And it's President's Day. And wow, what an event. What a great event. And um, a couple of things from a global perspective is um, some people, Dave Mailman was the guy, I guess I, I'll tell you on Twitter, he was like, look, I had second thoughts at first about starting the season in Hawaii. But I got to say, in many respects, it does a lot of cool things. Like it puts the greatest surfers in the greatest waves right at the beginning rather than like, you know, being two events in, in Australia and going, yeah, guess what? Philippe and Gabe and the little aerialists are all in the lead, you know, mm -hmm. which I kind of like that. Like, don't you like the fact that Baron Mamiya is number one and that Brissa Hennessy is number one? Like those are surprises. And, and I agree with Dave, but I, and I, and I, on Twitter, I said, yeah, but in addition, I agree with you. Wouldn't it be great if it, it also ended in Hawaii? Like not, why not bookend the season in Hawaii? Yeah, that's, I think he's right. But the reality is we just love Hawaii. Exactly. In terms of surfing, Hawaii is better. So if they put it anywhere in the season, we'll be thrilled that it's there. Yeah. But it would be cool if it was bookended. When you think Absolutely. About it. it's, it's done what it's done already. And then it would do, you know, what we already know it can do at the end of the season, which is surprise us and provide waves of consequence. And the way that the season is traditionally laid out, it could. Absolutely. You know, like, I mean, now that we're ending in September, that's a little early for Hawaii. But if it ended in November, December again. How would it be to end it in November, December? Everyone takes three weeks off and we start it like, you know, the first week of February and do two events in February. You get a month, the month of January off. I love it. And, and, you, and you get a mid-season. You'll also, by the way, get a mid-season break for the Challenger Series. Like we'll end it in September. There won't be anything until November 30th. And then like, the challenger season can run so that those guys can qualify and all that. Entirely into it. It's weird. We've been trying to, or not we, but the WSL has been trying to create more of a season and then an off season. So the athletes have time to live a normal life and recoup and all that sort of stuff. But look, we're not a normal sport. We're not a ball sport. And what we are are surfers. So we should dictate our schedule around Hawaii. I mean, yeah. really, truly. Yeah. I know it's so funny when like you clear away all the, you know, the shade of, you know, sponsors and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And you just, just kind of break it down. Like you did, like, look, the waves are good in Hawaii in the winter. So Garan you're guaranteed start and end there. Yeah. All of this nonsense of like chasing waves around the world, trying to put the best surfers in the best waves, but wait, it costs a bunch of money to send them somewhere. And then there's, we need two or three swells because we have su such a large field. And then where do we run the women? Do we bring the women? No, it's all solved in Hawaii. Everybody's there. Everybody's got somewhere to stay. You don't have to take planes back and forth and you're guaranteed to get waves. Yeah, it's funny because it's, it's almost like the culture of the movie, The Endless Summer set this whole thing up. And we've been, we've been biting on this hook forever. You know, like, oh, I got to go chase some waves. 
because that's what we do, you know? No, you know what? You go surfing in your backyard every day. That's what we do. And if we're going to run an event, let's do it in the best way possible. I mean, if you look at the endless summer, yeah, okay. So, you know, on film edited version, they got the best waves in South Africa. Well, guess what? We do do a stop there. That's fine, you know? But in reality, after 70 years, we all know the best waves are in Hawaii. Hawaii lacks long point breaks. So we can do, we can do a couple or in long reef breaks. So we could do a couple of trips. Yeah. We do yeah. the South Africa. We do cloud break Chopu. I'm still down with, yeah. um, but yeah, we, G-Land, G-Land, fantastic. Let's but, pull out all the bullshit. Like let's pull out, pull no, it offense, out. no offense to Portugal or Europe. Let's pull it out. California, you're out. You know what I mean? Let's get rid of all the BS and just dancing, dancing for sponsors and regions that you want to have business in. It's all nonsense. It's bullshit. It's nonsense. I think we just nailed it. What about Australia? We got, we, do we go to bells? We can go to bells. Right? I like, I like the three pack idea, like snapper bells, Margaret, although I'd yeah. rather run at North point and box. That's an option uh, that yeah. presents itself. I think that's it gives, all, that all it, gives serves. The, it gives the little snappy aerialists an opportunity to go crazy makes them put a wetsuit on keeps legacy going with bells and australia which is the most sporting surf nation in the world yeah maybe behind maybe brazil brazil's right there excuse me or japan but anyway yeah we just kind of nailed it yeah like so you got three events in australia then you go to wherever we're not going to even do the dates but we know it's gland chopu maybe cloud break that's political that's kind of tough fiscally um jay bay in hawaii yeah. Boom. Done. Solved it. Uh, best tour. That's the dream tour right there. That's the best tour ever. It's better than the dream tour. It's the BTE, you know, best, <laughs> best tour ever. Um, and what's happening now, what we're seeing on with starting the series at pipe, the events, the tour at pipe is exactly what we anticipated with the women's side. We were talking about how the young girls are going to it's the new momentum generation. The young girls are going to upend all the established. And we were focusing on Katie Simmers and Aaron Brooks, like that 15 year old crop of girls. This isn't that, but it's still actually happening. We actually didn't quite see uh, no. or anticipate Gabriella Bryan, Luana Silva, um, uh, Betty Lou, Sakura Johnson to do what they've done. But I'm just going to read to you uh, the top five. We'll do it with the men because the men is really interesting too. But the top five on the women's side, actually the bottom is more interesting, but the top five currently are Brissa Hennessy, Malia Manuel, Moana Jones-Wong, Carissa Moore, Joanne DeFay. So three of those are names that you might expect. But listen to the bottom below the cut line. So not even after the five, but below the cut line. Tatiana Weston-Webb in 14th. Sally Fitzgibbon. Stephanie Gilmore in 16th. Courtney Conlog in 16th. Caroline Marks in 19th. Yeah, those all the ones you mentioned surpri- are very surprising. Those the- are world title contenders. Those are the top five. The, those were, are the top five in previous years. They were world title contenders. Crazy. Can you come back? Yeah. I mean, if you're Caroline Marks... Could. She's got some bad, well, what has she got? Fifths, 17th place. Yeah. Yeah. I guess they could, but. That's shocking though. Yeah, it is. And wow, it's too bad Moana Jones Wong didn't have a better sunset result, but she's kind of a pipe specialist. Yeah, it is. Now, if you go over to the men, tell me what you see there. 
So the men's equally interesting. Actually, the top five is the most interesting part of the men. Baron Mamiya in first, Kanoe Garashi in second, Seth Moniz tied for second, Kai Obelli in fourth, Kelly Slater in fifth. So yeah, th- to me, the one that doesn't surprise me there is Kanoa. Exactly. But everybody else is surprising. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and obviously, Baron Mamiya being in first is the most surprising. Kelly being in f- fifth is kind of surprising. And then again, when we go to the bottom uh, for the men, it's Idolo, Kaloe, Griffin Colapinto in se- 27th. Morgan's- well, let's go to the cutoff. Like, let's go to the cutoff because that's what we did with women. Is there anything there that surprises? Griffin surprises. Yeah, Griffin at 27th is shocking. I guess Connor surprises, I guess. That's, I mean, Connor, even if he didn't surprise, it's not surprising to you and I, uh, he was in the top five last year. So the fact that he's sitting on 27th right now is surprising. Morgan Siblick in 31st. That's not surprising to me, but, but Owen Wright's kind of surprising, but I, I mean, you can make a case for Morgan because he was in the top five, but to me, Morgan was an anomaly. I'm not saying he didn't surf well last year, but it wasn't the real season. I mean, you know, let's be real. Like it wasn't. There was always we, an asterisk. What we know what. now is that Morgan Sibla cannot surf, doesn't have the experience to surf in Hawaii, hasn't put in the time, which is what we knew. Yeah. So what about, we really need to discuss Owen Wright for a little bit. I know. Look I, at I mean, how dismal that is. Owen Wright in 31st is totally unacceptable. I watched him surf pipe and sunset. I don't remember a single wave that he caught. I wasn't really paying that close of attention, but I... So I can't really criticize his performance other than to say completely yeah, funny. did not stand out. When I think about Owen, I, I don't like focus on him in early rounds. I always just anticipate looking up in the quarterfinals and seeing him mm-hmm. in it. You know what I mean? Completely. And he honestly, um, in previous years, deserved to be there. Like he had absolutely memorable performances. And I wouldn't necessarily expect him to do well at sunset, but I would expect him to do well at pipe. Yeah. And so, I don't know how he makes up this ground going into Portugal. Portugal is not a known event for him. That's actually where he got injured that one year. Yeah. I, you know, I could see him doing good at super tubes though, but you're right. It's not like his, but like, you know, I wouldn't pick him for the survival team. Oh no. Um, so then going to the final five cutoff and you were, you were ripping through them as I interrupted you, but, you know, John John at ten. Would you know two two events in in Hawaii? You would think John John would be higher than that. Yeah, that's a surprise. But John John can clean that up. It was basically a loss at sunset that affected yeah. his scoreline. Um, the uh, right out outside the cut are some names that could easily jump into the cut: Ethan Ewing, uh, Felipe Toledo, and Jordy Smith. And by the way. Jordy, we've talked about this in the past. Quietly, nobody's discussing him. You yeah. know, like as the focus gets uh, shined on, shown, whatever, on uh, maybe Kel- the Kelly Slater story, the Kiowa Belly story, the Baron Mumia story, Jordy can sit there and put together quarterfinals and be right in striking position the entire time. Yeah, I agree. He's got two ninths, right? So those aren't going to be throwaways. And, um, and he's going to count. He's going to need some thirds and some fifths, and uh, hopefully a first or two. And he'll be right there. And that's totally doable, you know, absolutely doable. So, 
to the event itself, um, Baron Mumia won over Kanoe Igarashi in the final. Brissa Hennessy won over Malia Manuel in the final. Let's talk about Baron first. Uh, when was the last time that a wild card came through and won the event? I want to. I know we know Joel Parkinson did it a long time ago at J Bay, um, but there's got to be a more recent. I think there was one last year. Wasn't there it? was one. There was one last event. Moana. Oh. Moana. <laughs> Oh yeah. Moana at pipe. Oh yeah. I was just thinking. I was about setting you up. I know I was, I was setting you yeah. up there. Um, and you could also technically Kayo isn't a wild card. Kayo is um, injury, replacement, injury replacement, right? but he still is kind of doing the same thing on his side of the thing. So, yeah, but, but he's not as wild as Moana. I mean, Kayo's been on tour for a long time. So. Or not as wild as Baron Mamiya, by the way. Right. Exactly. So what are your thoughts on Baron? Is he the real deal? What you saw in Hawaii, do you think he can translate that to the rest of the tour? Yeah, the second half of that question is the real thing here. So it's kind of a, I think everyone's like, wait and see. I mean, <clears throat> everyone that's looking at Baron from a fantasy surfer perspective, or just as a fan of the sport, is kind of going, okay, let's see what happens in three, four, five, and six event. You know what I mean? Portugal. Like if he had a shocker, not a shocker, but just didn't advance in Portugal, you'd be like, okay, that doesn't surprise me. He's probably hasn't traveled there a whole lot, hasn't surfed in an event there. I'm just assuming. I mean, I'm sure he's been around the world a few times. But you know what I'm saying? Like if he, if all of a sudden after Australia, he, he's barely hanging on to like 17th place, you'd be like, yeah, okay, he's a Hawaii, an expert in Hawaii. And that's what yeah. he is. He is what we thought he was. So the real test for Baron is coming up. It really is. And by the way, Baron has not officially been included in the Portugal event yet. Uh, it would be a Travis sham mockery to use Scott Bass's term. If he was not invited, I'm sure that they will invite him. But um, I I've watched Baron since he was pretty young and I've seen him surfing unbelievably well in smaller waves but I can't imagine him surfing in a wetsuit for some reason. I've only <laughs> ever seen him in trunks. And so I know like that's not hard to get used to, but the comfort that you have in your own local lineup is very, very different. Knowing which waves to go on, all that sort of stuff. So I think that there's always the issue of um, the learning curve of surfing competitively. I think that he was able to just kind of blow past that learning curve because he's so comfortable in pipe and sunset. And those waves actually kind of nullify a lot of that competitive tactics that we'll see elsewhere in the world. So I think he'll have to kind of get used to the com competitive thing in Portugal and then also get used to not knowing the lineups. So it, it's a, it's a big task for Baron and he's, well, I guess he's first. So he'll be drawing low seeds. So that might help. Well, look, a lot of us see some of these wild cards for the first time ever as we watch the WSL and don't realize that, look, these guys have been surfing NSSA since they were seven years old. And Baron Mamiya is one of these guys, you know, um, he's got some competitive understanding. Granted, this is a different level. This is the CT, but it's not like a pipe specialist, like somebody like you know, I don't know, just, you know, name a goofy. Jamie O'Brien. Even Jamie surfed in NSSAs. I'm, I'm thinking, who's the lifeguard goofy foot that is, mi I'm missing his name right now. But, Mikey Bruno. Yeah, Mikey Bruno. It's not like Mikey Bruno won pipe and is now gets a wild card into, to, into uh, Portugal and you're going, dude, that guy's 
really only surf pipe events. Like, Which might be, I mean? that could be the Moana example. Yeah, exa- exactly. Good point. So, you know, that's really where, okay, sh- you know, and then with Moana too and Baron, like what is their, it's really kind of about what does their crew look like? Like, who are they traveling with? Do they have coaches? Do they have people that are kind of, I don't want to use the word coddling of them, but moving them in the right direction regarding travel logistics, regarding getting your shit together, regarding having a mental space ready to go. You know what I mean? Like that's the crucial stuff for these guys that are first, first timers on tour. So Baron, yes, he does. Baron's managed by Sean Ward. Who's a local guy here. Um, Grew up with Brett Simpson, like QS kind of guy, but then started working with, O'Neill. So he brought up John John. He was doing all of that for John John when John John was a teenager and then transitioned, I think, to Hurley. So was doing it as part of um, the Hurley camp when they were in their heyday, when they had everybody on their team. And he's since left. I think he has his own management company or he might work for a different talent agency now. But he's got Baron Mamiya. He's got Eli Hanneman. He uh, ushered those guys in or ushered them through everybody getting dropped. So like when everybody got dropped by Hurley, Baron did as well. He worked the deal and put Baron on um, Ruka, which we didn't see a lot of people make those transitions. Eli was one of the few who stayed on Hurley. We didn't see a lot of guys make that transition. So Sean and Sean's traveled the world on the QS on his own prior to any of that. So I think Sean's the perfect guy to help put those things in place, get the right boards, working with Chris Gallagher, get the right coaches, you know? So um, Baron could, Baron could be a a legit threat anywhere. Yeah. I I certainly would love to see, you know, at the cutoff line, Baron right there in the running, you know? Um, not having to, we're not having to worry about not going to G land, you know? Yeah. This is an incredible storyline. I mean, yeah, the WSL would love this as well, by the way, this, cause he's, he's a good figurehead. It seems like he's got a great head on his shoulders. Like you said, he's got, it sounds like he's got a great camp around him. So handsome, he's hunky and he's got a a humbleness to him. Yeah, he really does. Kind of reminds me of Poncho a little bit. He's kind of got the same cool vibe that Poncho has. He does. He's just, he's got that, but with more panache too, like more shredability, you know? Yeah. I just mean on the sand type of vibe, you know? I I totally agree. He's, he's, I like the humility because I I had not seen a lot of his personality before, but I like the humility. And then of course, being able to both uh, go ham at pipe sunset and then throw huge full rotation airs is incredible. Yeah. And, and the way that the other guys, I mean, if you're around Hawaii, you already know this, but the way that Kelly and everyone else speaks of Baron, especially at Pipeline, it's kind of like he and Seth are kind of the heir apparent, if not already, you know, yeah, right there. How cool is his name? Baron Mamiya. Yeah, that's a cool name. He's got a cool <laughs> name. <laughs> the name Baron is awesome. Yeah. I, wouldn't, I don't have the bravado who, to name my kid. Who name. has the worst name on tour? <laughs> Matt McGillivray. <laughs> that's kind of just, yeah. That's an obvious one. Um, so how'd you feel about Kanoa? I felt good about Kanoa. I mean, Kanoa, dude, come on. I know you've been kind of like, oh, no, he's he's just going to get you sevens and that's it. And I sense there's another level to Kanoa this year. And I know, it, look, everyone's talking about it. 
And I think he's proving it. Like there's, there's one thing to talk about it. There's another thing to kind of go out there and do it. And even some of his, his post heat interviews, he's very much eye on the prize. And I know that's sort of the standard line. Like I'm just surfing one heat at a time, blah, blah, blah. But even more than that, I sense, you know, I hear him saying stuff like, look, unless I win, I'm not happy. You know, th those kind of things, which he's kind of putting it out there. He's kind of, you know what I mean? Which I kind of like, it's yeah. one thing to be like, Hey, one heat at a time. Let's just see how it goes. One wave at a time. And he's more like in the quarterfinals going, I won't be happy unless I win and I plan on winning. And you know, it's undeniable. Like, and he's been doing it all along. Like the fact that I'm slow to the party. And by the way, I've known Kanoa since he was young. I'm a huge fan personally. Um, I just, I, well, look, I, saw, I get it. I you and I thought that there was going to be like, okay, he's topped out. He is what he is. He's good for seven point rides and he'll always be right around six, six in the world or fourth in the world or whatever, you know, but will he ever be number one in the world? And, and that's kind of where I'm wondering, has David sort of, you're starting to see that maybe there's a, a little bit of a, a difference this year. Specifically what it is for me is there's a, when you watch John, John, I'm naming the number one surfer, the people who have had world titles and are the best surfers in a given year. John, John, Gabriel, Idolo, Kelly, they all have something that nobody else has on tour. That is like when they enter the water, wow, it clearly stands out. Kanoa's never had that for me. And he still doesn't, by the way. I think you he, can throw Carissa into that list. Too. I think you can too. Yeah. And so when Kanoa, you know, makes it through heats, it's doing things that I see everybody else doing. And his one kind of thing is consistency. Yeah. So he has like really good vanilla, you know, exactly. really good vanilla. There's no exactly. sprinkles on top yet. You know, he has, he has slightly more, he has 30% more consistency than any other surfer let's say on tour now that Gabriel's not there. So that's what you can bet on. Um, but he still doesn't have that element of dynamism, whatever. Uh, I used to say you can guarantee he's going to get two sevens, maybe two seven fives. He's pushed that up to nines. The point of that was always, he's not going to be the guy getting a 10 in the heat. And I still don't think he's the guy getting the 10 in the heat. You watch Idolo go out, any heat anywhere in the world, he could drop a 10. And you're anticipating that he does. Yeah, but he Felipe, could, he, could, he could drop a two. <laughs> yeah, I know. And so I'm not advocating for Idolo. I'm just using it as yeah. a counterpoint. No, I know. That, I got that that Kanoa, it, it to, yeah, for him I, for him I'm, to get a ten, yeah. it needs to be exactly what he's going to do: the nine, and then end it with a huge maneuver, and that's yeah. the ten. Whereas Idolo or somebody else, it's like, no, you could just see him do two crazy things, and that's the ten because it's so crazy. Yeah. You you see. Uh, Kanoa being a little bit more methodical, Polished. manufacturing, yeah. pragmatic to yeah. get to those scores. And that's yeah. where the 10 falls short. Yeah. Hey, I'm, still, um, I'm still for it. I'm all about it, but. I got to go uh, take a break, but. You got the dog barking again? Don't you hear it? Yeah. 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 I'll, I'll add it in. Look, you've got a dog. You know how this is. <laughs> She's quiet. When you're hiring for a small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role, and there's no faster or effective way than through LinkedIn jobs. 
your time and capital are precious, and there is a powerful resource that can help you focus on what you're good at and integrate people into your team seamlessly to help grow your business. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team efficiently and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. Everyone is already on LinkedIn with their resumes and references, and now LinkedIn has designed a hiring platform to connect you with candidates specifically qualified for the job that you post about. More than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set to help us all advance our position. 2.5 million businesses already use LinkedIn for hiring, and 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's that fast, easy to use, and effective. LinkedIn Jobs can help you write job descriptions, filter the right person to you, and give you the tools to help you interview them like a pro. LinkedInjobs.com surf is where you go to post your job for free. Yes, totally free. That's linkedinjobs.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Um, so moving on from Kaya or from Kanoa, the Kayo story. Yeah. Incredible. Um, the Kayo story is incredible. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I, as a fan I guess I'm a fan. I, <laughs> I, I, my point is every time he's in a heat, I'm always rooting for the other guy. I find myself and it's not that I'm against Kyle. We love Kyle. Like we, last year we were like raising money for him. Yeah. Remember? We raised it at the wrong time. That's the problem. What I'm pissed. What I'm pissed. He forgot about with, us. Damn it. Well, what I'm pissed about with Kyle is he was a giant killer, you know, two or three years ago. And so we identified, so his stock was rising. So we identified all of that. And so last year, then when he did, when his main sponsor dropped him, we saw that as an opportunity. We're like, let's get behind this guy. He's a giant killer. This could be a guy with no sponsors who goes on to be in the top five, maybe even win a world title. Right. So as his stock hit its Zenith, we bought in (laughs) and we're like, we're like, Hey, what's it cost to put a sticker on your board? He said $15,000. We said, we'll try. We came up with seven, five, seven, 7,500. And we're like, hey, will you take this? And he goes, okay, I'll put it on the chest of my board, not necessarily the nose. We're like, sweet. We're so excited. That was at Rotnest. He lost in the round of 32 <laughs> and all he's done. And so then the stock dropped and he didn't qualify for the tour. Yeah. And so now the stock's at the bottom. We ignore him. We walk away, lost our money, walked away. And then when the stock's at its low point, boom, skyrockets again. Guy makes semifinals, two events in a row in Hawaii. Now he's on the top of the world. He almost walked out wearing the yellow jersey. He's like cryptocurrency. That's what Kyle is. <laughs> we Kyle, bought, we bought it the nickname. wrong. Kyle Crypto. Crypto Kyle. Crypto Kyle. That's his new nickname. Hashtag crypto Kyle. Now let me ask you this. Why did we agree on him putting it in the middle the st- our sticker in the middle of his board? Cuz we didn't That's have where the- all the crappy wax is. I'm okay with it in the middle of the board on the bottom of the board. I think he had both, top and okay. bottom. Okay. Yeah. Um at any rate, it's a wonderful wonderful story. I do have a little uh animosity because I also feel like he didn't quite hype us as much as we hyped him. Like yeah there was a real opportunity there for a convergence of like, this yeah. is such a feel good story. And then he 
he's just grateful for the support, right? Grateful to the community. This yeah. is, these are his fans. You yeah. need to show gratitude for your fans. Well, and even more think- than that, I think what you're t- getting at is you would have liked to see him go, Hey, this is happening for me. This idea of crowdfunding for your favorite surfer can be something for everyone. And like, he didn't really pontificate the concept, you know, to the I don't re- think he quite understood it. Yeah. You know, that ultimately was the problem was like, he wasn't sure if there was a joke being played on him or something. Um, so maybe that's on, you know, me for not communicating. I don't know how much more can I communicate? And I'm talking four and a half hours a week. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Right. Um, so, so, but anyways, it's a great story to, so the reality is uh, us aside, he was disqualified from tour. It's also interesting that he's been kind of the pain. He and Gabriel have had these kind of butting of heads. They're fellow countrymen and they've had these butting of heads for years. And Gabriel implementing that very controversial um, interference at Pipeline the previous year, just to get through that heat. Um, For those who don't remember that, Gabriel had such a combination on Kayo that he was able to snake Kayo on a wave, lose his second score and still beat Kayo in that event. Um, But it it was just all this tactical stuff has come into play between their relationships. Uh, Kayo's beat Gabriel when he could have won the event, I think in Portugal. And so it sent the, or it sent the world title. He could have won the world title in Portugal. It sent the world title to Hawaii because Kayo beat him in that event. So there's been all this back and forth. So the fact that that Gabriel pulls out of the season, presumably pulls out of the beginning of the season, gives Kayo access. I feel like now if Gabriel even comes back, the WSL has to give Kayo access to the rest of the year because he's earned it. Totally agree. And the, you know, as you told the story that you and I've been telling for, for a while now, I find myself saying, this feels like the WSLs missed the boat on developing a great story about two Brazilian surfers that have at least on paper, a legitimate rivalry. Yeah. You know, there's legitimate pressure points that you can go to and go boom, boom, boom. This is why, you know, and then go to each one of them and have them talk it, talk about it, you know, and hopefully, but maybe the WSL will help develop this, but wow. Wouldn't it be insane if Gabe raises his hand and goes, I'm done with my mental break. I'd like to come back. And they kick Kyle off tour. Now you've added to this thing. Totally. Uh, He'd have to come back on the challenger series and, you know, fight his way back. I mean, that'd be a shame if it happened, but it could happen. How do you feel about his staying power? I mean, he's got, he's got it. I mean, look, didn't he take out Jack Robinson and Margaret river at the box or something like that? One year, Kelly, Kelly. Yeah. He took out Kelly and Margaret a couple years ago. But I mean, look, he, you know, he didn't do well at Rotten you know, the thing is, is you got to give him a full tour. You know, you can't just implement him once, one in a while and go, dude, you better win or you're out. Like, and he's kind of lived up to that already. Give him a break, let him be on tour and let's see how it plays out. Now he was on tour one year. Yeah. That's how when he, he didn't yeah. qualify last year, but, or didn't requalify. I, I still have a little bit of a question mark with Kyle as well as he surfed at uh, in Hawaii He's a little wily and in every heat, he makes big mistakes. He falls on set waves that could be scores. He's usually able to make up for it because he's so wily that like he ends up getting 20 waves in a heat. 
Um, but he needs to clean all of that stuff up. Those are things that Kanoa Igarashi would never do. You know who I'm stoked for is Rusty. Uh, oh, yeah. The Rusty brand and Rusty Preisendorfer in general, you know, because um, that's a surfboard shaper that is iconic. And it's so cool to see, you know, it's kind of like, you know, if like if Rawson had a CT guy or if, you know, yeah. I don't know, like one of the one of the older generation shapers such as Rusty back in the forefront with high performance surfing, you know? Totally. Um, from my era, Taylor Knox and Kalani Rob were on Rusty on tour. Yeah. Um, and there's yeah, there's been guys. There's been the Hobgoods, obviously. Aki, Aki was on Rusty in the you know late 80s. And Dave Parmenter was on Rusty back. Oh, then. yeah. He, he might have. And I mean, look, if you really want to go back, I mean, Sean Thompson and PT were riding um, Rusties. Yeah. You know, Canyons. Yep. Which were Rusties way back in, you know, late 70s, early 80s. But Pat O'Connell. Pat O'Connell. There's a bunch. I think that, when that Pat brand has on, a great history. Great when legacy. Pat was on tour, he might have transitioned to Timmy Patterson, but he was on Rusty through like the Endless Summer and all that. Chris um, Ward. Chris Ward took did a stint. That's right. Yep. Um, they need women. They need a women's team. <laughs> I can't, I can't even envision a female pro riding rusties. Can you? Um, you, well, you know who it was. It was, uh, and I don't know if she did it on tour, but Holly Beck right now rides for rusty. Like is Does she quote unquote ambassador? Did I Holly think, Beck ride some rusties back in the day? I don't recall. I think maybe Serena Brooke might've. Yeah, that might be it. Yep. Sounds familiar. Yeah. Uh, at any rate, yeah, you're right. That's a great call. It's good to see them back. I know Wade Carmichael was riding his boards um, in previous yeah. seasons. Yeah. Um, but it is great to see. That's just such a good logo. It just looks good. You know, the tour always needs one guy that's like a keg of beer that's from Australia. You know, we had Mick Lowe. We had Wade Carmichael. We had the panda guy from Brazil. He was kind yeah. of a keg of beer. Yeah, will, is there a William, keg of beer on tour this year? I'm looking. I don't see a keg of beer here. Who's William Cardoso? Yeah, let's look it Idolo, up. Idolo is the closest guy to a keg of beer that no. I can see here. Kelly actually might be. Oh my god, Kelly's the keg of beer on tour. Things are in a sad state of affairs when Kelly is the keg of beer on tour. <laughs> Brutal. Oh Brutal. my god, this guy. Um, yeah. I'm looking through. The funny thing is some of the guys who used to be the kegs are now so tight. Like Jordy Smith is rocking the six pack. Um, Fred, Frederico Marias is so lean, even though he's a large guy. Yeah. They're all pretty, they're all pretty lean. Unfortunately. Jackson Baker. I could see like if he stays on tour, having a bunch of pints, you know, tipping back a few pints and becoming the keg. So I texted you throughout the event that I really, really like Jackson Baker. I had not seen a lot of him previously. He reminds me so much of Stu Kennedy. Oh, yeah. Do you, I mean, he's up on a wave and I'm like, that's Stu Kennedy 2.0. Huh. And Stu Kennedy is kind of a guy that I felt like surfed so much better than his results ever showed, you know? And yeah. I'm just hoping that doesn't happen for Jackson. Anyways, the other big story that you and I need to talk about is the Jake Marshall story. Yeah, buddy. Jake Marshall. Crazy. 100, I want a hundred bucks. You do. I'm going to pay you. No, I got to pay you. I keep no, saying it's, you it's, don't have to pay me because it was an injury situation. It doesn't matter. The fact is Jake has 
earned that hundred bucks for you. Like even if <laughs> even if even if Carlos was still in it, yeah, I don't know. Jake just earned it. Jake's he did. He did surf well. It's and I'm John John Florida. I know, dude. And I'm feeling the same way about him that I feel about Kanoa, where he paddles out, and I just still have this big question mark, like. I don't think he's going to do it. And then he sets into a bottom turn. And I'm like, that's a pretty sick bottom turn. And then he does a top turn. I'm like, whoa, that was a sick hook. And then he does it again. I'm like, wow, that was a, that's going to be a decent score. And he just does it every, not every time he didn't do it at pipe, but he's been doing it at sunset. Yeah. Congrats. Yeah. I'm, we're all stoked for the local kid here. All of us here in Encinitas, Encinitas board riders club. All the, is that official? What? The board riders club. It's a thing, yeah. And since board riders club, you guys have meetings. I'm not. I mean, I'm I'm on the periphery. I'm not. But yeah, there's events. I mean, it's part of the West Coast Board Riders Club. You know, there's there's clubs up and down the coast. Now there's like a Carlsbad one. I think there's an Oceanside one. We know there's a Santa Cruz one. There's a Huntington one. There's Seal a Beach. San, San Clemente. Is there a Seal Beach one? There's a Seal Beach one. There's a San Clemente one. There's an Encinitas, Oceanside, Carlsbad, and. They're going rabbit Bartholomew invited uh, three of the clubs over to surf in the big club event in Australia this year. I forget what it's called. They got a name for it. It's called something like what I, you know, I don't even know what it's, I should know. And I do, I used to know, but I can't remember. But anyway, you know, they, all those board rider clubs over there have a big, you know, series and event. So they're bringing Santa Cruz, San Clemente and Huntington beach. Amazing. Over to the board riders. Amazing. A a big time event. it's, it's epic. Yeah. Um, can I read to you this email that I received? It yeah. says you were getting this email because you were among the 72% of survival league that picked a surfer that did not place 33rd or 17th at the pipe masters. How hard were you rooting for John John to lose that alone took out 15% of the league. Uh, there were all, They said after the pipe masters, but this was actually after sunset that I got this email. Anyways, uh, only 53% remain. So how many 15, 53%, 53, 53% after two events, half the field wiped out because of crazy, crazy. Right. Um, so the biggest, I'm still in it. You're still in it. Yeah. The biggest disruptors at Sunset were Billy Kemper, Connor Coffin, Kelly Slater, Griffin Colapinto. They all went down. Um, I don't know who would have picked Kelly or Billy for Sunset. I mean, Billy's Billy obviously a good sense, sun, but not but for not for a CT event though. You I know, know what I mean? Like that's thing. such yeah. a risk. I know. But you know what? You know what happened to me? I had set Seth Moniz uh, as my survival pick but I wasn't feeling super calm. I just felt like there was probably a better pick out there that I hadn't like landed on. Then the WSL sends this email out and it says, don't like, they were like, set your fantasy team, but don't overlook Griffin Colapinto. Griffin Colapinto's made three finals out there and look at all these other stats, blah, blah, blah. So I went to survival league website, survival dash league.com. And uh, I was like, I might, I'm going to reset. I'm going to pick Griffin but it wasn't easy for me to do. And had it been simple, I would have done it and then lost in this event. But what it would have required is me sending Taylor an email and being like, Hey, can I change my pick? Now that one little bit of friction, I was like, eh, I don't want to send Taylor an email right now. I'll just leave it with Seth. Let's just see how this whole thing shakes out. Thank 
goodness, I didn't wow. send that email. I was this close to going with Griffin. Yeah. Um, but I kept it with Seth, ended up in the semis. Boom, still in it. Well, I mean, super tubes coming up, Portugal. It's kind of, I don't know if there's one event where I'm like, I don't know. I have no idea who's going to get through. It feels like that's one of them. So thankfully, I've still got Kanoa. Yeah. You picked him for pipe. I'm going to yeah. go with Kanoa. Kanoa will get through the round of 32 anywhere, but he's spent he spent like all of quarantine in Portugal, his girlfriend, I don't know if they're still together. She's Portuguese. And so he's spent years and years in Portugal oh, at this point. That's pretty good insight. That's the inside trading info right that's there. That's pretty good. So he's very comfortable in Portugal. He speaks Portuguese. Um, and so he's, he's my, he's my pick, but I think another good pick would be Idolo despite his uh, poor performance, or maybe because of his poor performance in Hawaii, he needs to do well. And he's finaled out there before I remember against Felipe. I don't know if he won that event or not, um, but he could do well at any beach break in the world. So Felipe is an easy pick. Or, I'm sorry, not Felipe. Idolo. Idolo is the easy pick. Huh. Idolo scares me because there's a lot of pressure on him. He but, can handle pressure. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Have you seen those abs? They can handle the pressure. <laughs> I'm just looking at the list, trying to figure out who I'm going to pick. And it's, it's a scary one. Well, you have two weeks. Um, March 3rd is when the event kicks off. So that means March 2nd at 11.59 p.m. Pacific Standard Time is when you can get your pick in. Um, stab in the dark. Let's talk. I'm so excited to watch it. I have not watched episode one yet. I've got it here ready to watch. I started to watch it, but... Um... I got involved too late in the morning here, but Stab in the Dark episode one is out. So we got to watch that. That's going to be fun. It's Jack Robinson. I think you mentioned, so that'll be good. And then I was looking here and I was, and the reason I brought it up is because you know who I wanted them to do Stab in the Dark with next time. I'm already thinking about the next one. Michael February. No. Kelly Slater. No. Who? Ethan Ewing. Oh man. How good. How good of a surfer is he? That guy is buttery, man. It's it's a joy to watch. He's kind of got, like I said last time, I think he's got a little Tom Curran mixed with like, uh, he's like a more high performance version of Tom Curran. He's got the style of Curran, but the flair of Andy. Andy, it's Andy. It's Andy all day long, especially with that billabong sticker on the nose. Yeah. it's He's the real deal, dude. And I don't know. It's such a weird equation. To he know looks this, so young. That's I look at him and I'm like, he's too young to be this good. <laughs> like he's got kind of a baby face. Yeah. Well, the weird equation though is he was a junior world champ. So competitive prowess. Yeah. Unbelievable technique. I mean, he's as good of a surfer as exists. Yeah. And then just doesn't make it through heats. Well, that's changing, right? I mean, he was kicked off tour one year, wasn't he? Yeah, exactly. And he came in with that much hype. Like, this is the next coming. And then he just lost round 33rds all year long, you know? Um, And so it's a weird thing that exists in the I think that's a good thing in a weird way. You know, you look at even Andy Irons kicked off tour after his rookie year. You know, there's guys that use that as a reason to motivate. And and it's, it's being proven out right now, at least. Although he didn't have a great pipe event. No, he didn't. But I would put in terms of just like, if I saw him and Jack Robinson each surf a wave, 
I would put my money on Ethan Ewing as being the guy who will go the distance. Yeah. Um, and yet he just constantly doesn't go the distance. So one event isn't enough to say that he's turned everything around, but yeah, I, mean, I, I, I still have hopes. Plus you got Kelly Slater saying, Hey, this is the guy who I think is the, one of the best surfers in the world. Yeah. Everybody's been saying that about him his whole life though. So it's not a new thing for him to hear, but I, I just but like watching Kelly, his surf. Yeah, that's true. I just like watching his surfing so much that I want him to do well so we can see him in more and more heats. Yeah. I'm looking at, you know, I'd rather see Ethan than Kyo. Ethan needs to be there. I think Ethan would be a really great one in the final five. So, you know what I love about Ethan? I watch him surf and it's informative for my own technique in surfing. I watch him go into a bottom turn and I'm a, oh, that's a reminder. Stay low, stay centered, just keep doing the same exact fundamentals. And it, it translates to any surfboard, to any wave in the world. I watch Idolo. I can't relate in any way, shape or form. No. I'm like, his technique's different than I've ever seen. Every body motion, mechanic, it's just all, I don't even know what he's doing. I can appreciate it. Yeah, it does it doesn't inspire me or it's not yeah, aspirational. There's Ethan, a flow. Yeah, Ethan has a flow. That's the current thing that you're talking about. And it's not um I, I mean I'll tell you what sunset really showed this too is these kind of herky-jerky five-point bottom turns because their boards were too small and there was some chunk in the wave. Yeah. And Ethan had some flow. Kanoa had flow. These guys had flow. Baron had such flow. Basically, uh, what I'm saying is one rail buried the whole time, not popping the rail out, resetting it, popping it out, or just kind of hanging back on the fins and waiting for that one moment. Okay, it's time to set the rail. Yeah. Ethan was just keeping the rail buried through the turn. Kayo was a culprit of doing the check bottom turn. Yeah. He would sometimes do one full dig, but lots of times he would do the check bottom turn. Uh, so again, and a lot I'm of things pretty to clean sure up. that it's sh- that that shows up in the judging. I, I'm pretty totally. sure that the judges are like, look. If you're doing a five-point bottom turn, we're not too hyped on that. Totally. Um, so great event. Also, congratulations over on the women's side. Everything got upended as well. We kind of touched on it, but um, Brissa Hennessy over Malia Manuel in the final. Malia's never won an event, which is kind of a shocker. She's been in a few finals. She was in a final in Mexico last season, um, but Brissa Hennessy just looked fantastic carissa moore going down early was a total shocker um same steph gilmore i think she got last place that was a shocker but betty lou sakura johnson looked phenomenal and i actually expected to see her in the final and um gabriella bryan looked phenomenal as well so it was kind of a, a hawaiian showdown there in the in the final series look i mean you know i'll ask you this which of the gals that's Below the cut line right now, Tatiana, Sally Fitzgibbon, Steph Gilmore, Courtney Conlon, Bethany, Carolyn Marks, Bronte McCauley. Which one of those doesn't make it Courtney. through the cut? Courtney doesn't make it. Sally might not make it. Yeah. I could see Steph and Tati cleaning things up. I mean, honestly, maybe Steph doesn't make it. Yeah. That's kind of the one that I'm thinking. If Steph's head isn't in it. Yeah. Like, I don't know how much she cares at this point. She yeah. needs to care in order to do well. Yeah. And I would expect her to do well at sunset. And she didn't. Yeah, I agree. I think Steph, and it's it's not a knock on her or her surfing. What does she have, seven world titles or something? Yeah, exactly. Actually, think, she got she got ninth place at sunset. I misspoke. 
I think that, you know, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, it's hard. You've got two kind of crappy finishes. You've got seven world titles and you're going against all these young chicks that are just blowing doors and you can't really do aerials. Not that many of those, well, some of them can, but yeah, I could see her headspace being, I'm going to mail it in and not yeah. make the cut. And that's cool. I get to go to Australia. It'd be maybe be a good time to go. You know what? I'm retiring Yeah. after this season. So if she gets the Australian, you know, la-di-da. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. Uh, but I'm, I was excited. I thought the women surfed incredibly at sunset. Um, they obviously charged on the day, the first day of their competition. The waves are actually big in the morning, kind of big and woolly. They were going on everything. They were doing huge open face carves. So, um, I thought that was a big kind of rebound from pipe and Betty Lou Sakura Johnson is the one that I'm kind of most excited to watch develop throughout the season. What do you think about Carolyn Marks here? She's got a crappy, what is it? 17th. And then she withdrew because of injury at sunset. Yeah. It's She's a big, got some pressure on her, man. It's a big surprise. I would expect her to be in that. Her surfing is top five surfing yeah. anywhere in the world every season. So that's a shocker. That is a shocker. Um, following up from last week, I was asking you about the Joel Tudor calling out the WSL stuff and we didn't really get into it and yeah. we don't need oh, to we kind of get into the gossipy yeah. nitty gritty stuff, yeah. but there's a couple of ideas that have come from that conversation that I do want to run past you. Yeah. Um, he proposed, what about forget, I know it's expensive to send longboarders around the world and hold a full tour, whatever, probably can't warrant that. What about just bringing longboarders to the current stops? Not even all of them. We don't have to go to Chopu, but going to the current stops like J Bay, uh, Sunset, stuff like that, and letting us surf the down days. We can well, run our competition on the days when you guys call a lay day. If, um, as a fan, yeah, go for it. I don't care. I may or may not watch. Depends. If it's, you know, looks like good longboarding, I'll, I might watch it. If it's crappy blown out stuff and there's a reason it's a lay day, I might not watch it. Um, as an administrator of the WSL, you're adding a ton of cost. Less, than, less than sending an entire different tour somewhere. Right, but they're not doing that anyway. So you're adding cost <laughs> to my bottom line. No, right. But Joel, so I should have stated the initial reason that their current long world, longboard world champion is calling them out is because they talk about equality. No, I get that, but I'm just saying. So they talk about equality. Then they use all the longboard imagery through all the commercials in the middle of a CT event. They use them on Instagram to get more engagement than they get from any of their other stuff. So Joel's just saying, if you guys never said the word equality, this wouldn't be a conversation. But if right. you guys are talking about equality, then you should be including us, not just uh, well, benefiting look, off of us. Look, I'm just playing devil's advocate. I'm not for or against what Joel's saying. I'm just saying, if I'm in the seat of the WSL administrators, you're adding cost to my situation. And that's why not, you know? And again, as a fan, I'm saying, yeah, I, I might enjoy that. You know, as an administrator, I'm saying, you, no. You know, I'm trying to keep my cost down. Uh, as an arbiter of equality, I'm saying, okay, well then you got to surf eight foot chopu. Like you want equal, then that's equal. The men are surfing eight foot chopu, the women are surfing eight foot chopu, so are the longboarders. And guess what? It doesn't translate. I don't I don't think that needs to be uh 
I don't think that that is. Well, that's equal. what we do with the women. We're like, look, if you want equal pay, you got to put the women out of pipe. Yeah. You know, we like, that's our argument. If that's our argument, it has to be our argument for everything for, for spongers, for longboards, for shortboarders, for like, no, I think they're, well, you that, want equal pay, then you got to go out in the same surf. I mean, that's interesting. It's a very interesting point because there needs to be more nuance than just full blanket because, uh, well, that's, that's not the way that longboarders should be much, served. Too much friggin' nuance. That's why we're at where we're at. Yeah, that's true. But that I guess my point is that's not the way that longboards are supposed to be served. Nobody right. wants to even watch that. I, I and agree. so, and we had that conversation about the women's tour for a long time, which was, yeah, I'd rather watch the women surf Honolulu than surf pipe because, and they, by the way, should have a totally different scoring criteria because what Stephanie Gilmore does on a wave is actually more beautiful and interesting to watch than what uh, Adriana de Souza was doing on a wave at lowers, <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, and so let's just kind of create a criteria that suits, uh, women's strengths rather than holding them to the standard of men. The WSL did not go down that route. The WSL decided, no, we're going to kind of hold them to the exact same standard and the same judging criteria. And that might be the big misstep. That's now why they're surfing pipe or not surfing pipe actually by being put out of pipe and then not paddling on, you know? So I don't think it's a smart move to do the same thing with the longboards, but the men and the women longboarding absolutely can surf the same exact venues and be held to the same judging criteria because that's the way those boards are meant to be surfed, you know? Yeah. But I think Joel does create a good point, which is fine. If you guys don't want to have a tour and the administrator, you don't want to add cost, then do away with it, but don't necessarily, uh, you know, try to benefit off of our backs yeah, with, yeah. and say that you're all about equality without yeah. offering us opportunities to earn a living. Yeah, if you I are agree. going Look, to be I, the arbiters. Yes. I'm know. sorry to interrupt. I just no. want to make clear that, that I'm not, I'm making a stand as if you're putting me in the role of the fan and you're putting me then in the role as the WLS administrator. And then you're putting me in the role of what is equality actually, if it's an even playing field. And so I'm, giving you three different viewpoints. <clears throat> Me personally, Scott, I don't care. I don't even care one way or the other. Like I'm mm. not that big a fan of longboard surfing to be like, I can't believe that this is horrible. You know, like I like watching it and I'm, I'm I'll, and I will watch it, you know, but I yeah. don't, I'm not as involved. I'm not as, uh, I'm not as engaged as Joel is. This is, and this is important to Joel and I get it. And by the way, he, he, he came across really professional in that, in those comments. Like I, I enjoyed that version of Joel where it was like, Hey, look, like he's, he seemed, you know what I mean? He came across I I professional is what I'm yeah. trying to get at as opposed to like, this is you know, like sometimes he can be a little bit um, edgy. I agree. And, and he, he made a great point. So and I was like, yeah, those, that does make sense. You know, like, okay, see know, run on the off days. Let's see how it goes. I'm okay with it. It's yeah, funny I'm not saying I'm, I'm like, I, I don't find myself on the edge of my seat going, you got to run the men's in Hawaii every year, you know, which is, you know, like, that's my take on, on the CT. Like you got, you know, you know, everyone knows everyone's got the same take there. I don't think there's a bunch of people on the edge of their seats going run the long borders during the off days. Like I, I, you know, but it's if so there funny. Isn't, then Joel makes a good point. You know what? You can't have our media rights, you know? And so that basically what they need to do, is have a sit down and hash all this out professionally, not on social media. 
You know, what's so funny is that we're on opposite sides of this. I would expect you to be arguing for the long borders and me to be like, no, uh, well, but I'm not I've, arguing for or against. My point is, I, I'm, I'm, I'm. What's the word? I'm not ambiguous. I'm uh, I, indifferent. Indifferent. Thank you. So, I'm. I am arguing for because I thought that I wouldn't have cared. I do. I do think that there's value to that tour, and I do think it's very good. I don't. I don't think I'm necessarily going to go out of my way to tune in on some other day. But if it's an off day during a during a CT event. I'm totally down. What else am I going to do with the day? I'm totally no, down. No, you're not. Here's the thing. I'm in favor of a longboard tour as well. But you know where the longboard tour needs to go? J-Bay. It, it may be on a smaller, maybe. But the longboard tour needs to be at a, just a few spots. There's only a few spots where it's good. Like yeah. they should do it at San Onofre. They should do it at um, Noosa. They should do it at Malibu. Lowers. And I'm, and I'm sure that Joel and those guys could could find a few other great longboarding waves that I'm missing. But if you're going to do a world longboard tour, it shouldn't be with the others. It shouldn't be a Chopu or what no, it shouldn't be a Chopu. I think there's a Bay. It shouldn't be a G land. It should be at those spots that are great longboard waves. Yeah. And that's well, where, and then I'm, then I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm watching it's four foot at Malibu and Joel and those guys are out, you know, I'm the Marshall brothers or whoever it is, you know, whoever the guys are Harrison and all those guys. I'm into that. I love that. I, I ride my longboard a ton and I can relate to that, mm -hmm. you know, but, but I'm well, not saying off days at super tubes is where I want to watch guys hanging 10. Um, not off days at super tubes, but I think that there are venues, so said. they don't need you to go off. Where, where's an off day on tour that you're stoked to see the longboard? Well, first of all, lowers makes for a great finals venue. Um, hold on. I'm going to pull up the tour. Actually. So J-Bay, the aforementioned J-Bay, I think Sunset would absolutely work. Uh, Bells Beach. So let's go. Sunset, Bells, uh, Margaret, maybe not. El Salvador, J-Bay, Trestles. There's five. All right. Those, those, those actually might make sense. Yeah. And that's a bigger, that's a more robust tour than they had before. You're assuming that off days means it's glassy and two to three feet. Well, because it's within, not it's can't be an a off day because there's blown out eight foot waves you of can't course. run it then and you might have to you might be like hey we're here it's an off day it's eight foot and blown out that's what you want this is the only With, time we got for you within a two week window they can find the days how many days do they need probably men's one men's men's probably and women one. longboarding i have no idea yeah. I don't know how big the field well, is it's a pretty big field i bet let's just i'm going to say it's probably 24 guys yeah, maybe 12 girls. Um, well, so, and, oh, by the way, once you start giving equality or you start spouting, which is got, which is what got them in this problem anyway. Exactly. Then it's going to be like, what, you know, give them an inch, they'll take a mile. I mean, <laughs> uh, that is the danger <laughs> because you're right. As soon as the waves turn on, there'll be arguments about why you're running the CT men's. Yeah. But here, you know, what's funny though, you're saying like, oh, I don't care about watching it. Um, the engagement that the WSL gets with the longboarding, Joel displayed the data. So they get more engagement with longboarding than they do shortboarding. And that's kind of, it makes sense because the vast majority of surfers on the planet are not riding pointy thrusters. In fact, 
the smallest majority are riding pointy thrusters. So it's interesting that the WSL has put all their eggs in that pointy thruster basket, which I guess maybe that's the equivalent of F1. Like we want to just see the peak performers shave seconds off a mile or fractions of a second. Most of us are driving Honda Accords on the freeway. So, so longboarding's like NASCAR. It's our, longboarding, stock, it's our stock board that we go to is our longboard. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Maybe it's that's more go-kart. That's what NASCAR was. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I don't know if there is a good automobile analogy, but it, it's, I just feel like the longboarders deserve their own tour. And you did make a good point though. You just brought up five spots on the tour that if it's two to three feet in glassy would make sense, you know? Yeah. Those and point waves. I think so, Joel was, Joel's point was like, look, you're clearly not doing a longboard tour. So why not just include us along yeah. and fill us in the gaps. But you're right. As soon as they do that, there will be demands for oh, yeah. equal well, opportunity. Yeah. Because the idea here, this is all under the auspices of equality. Yeah, exactly. Like we want equality. And, and, um, <laughs> you know, WSLs really backed themselves into a corner by promoting that. Huh? It's amazing that that data that you brought up that Joel brought up, you know, I mean, it's it true, is. you know, yeah. like, 90% of the newbies are on longboards or coming off of them to seven, 10 mid lengths. And a lot of guys like you and I, and a vast majority of the older demographic is riding longboards. And we appreciate really good longboard surfing. I mean, we just really do, you know, which yeah. is why I'm like, I'd like to see it at Malibu. I'd like to see it at Noosa. And I just, the idea that it has that it runs on off days already sets it aside as not being equal. That's I yeah. think what I'm getting at. It's like, oh, off days. Oh, just as an aside, because we got nothing better to do. Let's throw those guys out here. They're bugging us. Yep. And that's kind of where I'm like, ah, oh, they're not really giving it the mojo that it deserves. Yeah. I'm going to use this opportunity to also drive home another point that I made recently that we're going to mention every single week until it happens. Overlapping heats, men and women at the same time. Boom. That'll, if you want equality, that's how they should be running these events. Overlapping heats, men and women at the same time. You want equality, same waves? This is a great, a great point. The men and the women run simultaneously. There's four people in the water, two men, two women with the priority heat, just like they currently do. Uh, But the men and the women are surfing the exact same swell at the exact same moments. Yes. You know what? For, for, just because this is kind of a woke show, I'm going to agree with you. <laughs> Bring it. Bring it, WSL. And by uh, the way, at the end of the season, yeah, a lot of questions will be answered. All right. You know what I mean? Like, we'll know kind of that the judging favors people or, or favors one sex or doesn't or, you know, all sorts of stuff. We'll know whether the women are dodging sets, who's out of position, right. all that kind of stuff. What's your take on this transgender swimmer that just set a, a record? Uh, NCAA college swimmer that just set a record. I didn't see it. I wasn't following. What happened? Transgender swimmer. So set a is, record in this in an NCAA women's event. So trans woman, born male. Yeah. Competing as a female. Yeah. Is that it? Okay. Interesting. Uh, when did when did they transit? Do they have any record of them? I don't uh, know. Swimming is. I might even. I might even have it wrong. It might have been a woman that turned into a man. No, it's got to be a man that turned into a woman, and that's why it's a news story. Interesting. Okay. 
Um, a couple things in Webland. I'm not going to, I didn't watch these yet, but these are all on my viewing list for this week. Noah Dean has a new edit out, Stab in the Dark, episode one. Michael February's Sonic Souvenirs, volume two. We oh, talked cool. about Sonic Souvenirs, volume one months ago when it came yeah, out. Where Yeah, it was cool. Him and Dane, it, right? It was just him. Uh, Dane, oh, Dane was involved. Well, Dane made made an edit for Mikey a month or two ago, but this oh. was previous to that. And this was with all that, I want to say it was like Ethiopian jazz. Like he found this record collection or something. The music yeah. was incredible. And then it was yeah. him writing different boards. Um, so Sonic Souvenirs Volume 2, haven't watched yet, but I plan to. The other big thing this week on the 27th is the 50th anniversary of Morning of the Earth. Oh my God, you're... Bringing back your old school, man. That's that's cool. Morning of the Earth, 50th anniversary. What am I supposed to do exactly? Watch like, it. Smoke, a, smoke some mall, mall up a cone. <laughs> <laughs> I think whatever they were doing back then, is that what they were doing? Were they? Uh, that was part of what they were doing. <laughs> they were doing more than that. Yeah. Whatever you want to do, I'm yeah. not going to judge. But morning, cow pies. Morning of the Earth. They've um, remastered the whole thing. So you can buy, there's like a book that comes with it and all that sort of stuff. But um, yeah, pretty, pretty uh, seminal film. Absolutely. Well, good. We'll, we'll get involved with all of that stuff. There's a bunch of other news that we just can't get to today, but we'll try to get to it. But Jamie Mitchell, like Nazare, like, I don't even care. I mean, I know. You've, said, you've said this so many times and it's so true. Like, I just don't care about Nazare. And I, I enjoyed know. the hundred foot wave thing, but I know. Nazare, I mean, I, Jamie Mitchell paddled into a wave at Nazare. It's been done before, but he caught a pretty big one. Yeah. And I love Jamie Mitchell. And I love these guys' efforts. I just can't relate. It's okay, let's like, give him yeah. the Duke. Okay, Jamie's our Duke. Jamie, congrats. That was an epic congrats. wave. Congrats, Jamie Mitchell. Sadly, uh, he broke his back. On a wipeout? Yeah, I think so. I haven't even read about it. That's what I mean. I just saw the headline. I'm like, oh, okay, he broke his back at Nazare. I'm not even going to read about it. Wow. Where was the headline? Surfline. Oh, okay. I was going to say, that'd be crazy if it's not even covered in surfing. That'll be a real indicator of who cares and who doesn't is if you had to read that headline from ABC and Surf World didn't even cover it. Yeah. No, um, well, hey, you know who my Duke is? Need Essentials for Hell keeping yeah. me warm all the time in the water and out of the water. You know, uh, we got a massive cold front moving down Southern California throughout the West, actually. And it's going to be butt cold, probably going to be some fun waves on the backside of this event as the weather clears out and those clearing winds kick in. And you know what that means? Freezing, frigid, cold Southern California surfing. And you're going to need, need essentials. You're going to need your 4-3, your booties, your hood, maybe even some gloves if you're soft like me. And of course, that incredible um, fluffy, puffy down jacket that's just mind-blowingly. Are you, are you snowboarding at all this season? going tomorrow are you really yeah perfect that's where you need your neat essentials too i know um, I my, I'm, I'm excited that i have my, my i've package. got the pants i've got the ski pants from them i've got all three jackets so i could layer up i could go to whistler and be warm i'm psyched i got my neat essentials for snowboarding on are you you going yeah. to see your boy what's that mean your son oh no oh, no i'm not I'm like who's my boy no, I'm not going up there. I'm just going local. Okay, cool. Well, have a blast, man. Good for you. Yeah, should be fun. Haven't gone all season. Good. Me neither. All right. Well, look, David, 
Until next time, adios and aloha.